there, and welcome to the Unofficial UPAN Podcast. My name is Paul Bautista, and I'm your host. So in case uh, you didn't check your podcast feed and just started listening automatically, this is actually part two of an episode we had with Kusum Soren. Kusum was the office coordinator for the Pan-Asian, community, Pan-Asian American Community House for 18 years before retiring this past spring of 2019. Um, she served as a surrogate mother for many individuals who passed through Patches Doors, including myself. Um, and while we're sad to see her go, um, we were also very happy for her, thankful for the time she spent with us, uh, and looking forward for her to have an amazing retirement with her grandchildren. In the first part of the interview, uh, in part one, which you definitely go check and listen out before listening to this part, um, I talked to her about you know, life going up in India, her time as an architect in India, going to Kuwait, and coming to the States um, in the middle of the Persian Gulf War in 1990. So definitely an interesting story. You need to have here custom tally in her own words. Um, but in this part, we're actually going to talk about, you know, how she came to Penn, um, how she got the job as the office coordinator, and how her time uh, growing community within the greater Philadelphia community helped her get the job and how it served her, as well as also how the Pan-Asian American community at Penn has changed over the 18 years he's been here. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely thanks to Custom for your time. Thank you for listening. And without further ado, here's the Pat's Mom Custom. You know, you're doing all this, you know, volunteer work, I guess, with, with organizations, either, you know, your kids, um, you know, school edu- organizations or like this, uh, you know, like cultural groups um, in Philadelphia. So how did that translate to, I guess, you finding? Because I know you were like when Pat's, you know, was founded like shortly before you, you joined, right? Like you were one of like the op- like members who helped start or staff members for the opening of Pat's, correct? No. Or before sort, shortly me, after. Before me, Karen Su was the director. Okay. Karen Su used to work in Asian American Studies program. Mm-hmm. And uh, GIC had a full time um, office co- uh, program coordinator, Jenning okay. Shek. Okay. And she was working part time because she was divided into two okay. jobs GIC and Patch. Okay, so this is when Patch first opened, like, 2000, 2000, right? 2000. Okay. So they had the opening ceremony on November 2000. I attended the opening ceremony. As, like, a community member. As a community member. Okay. And then my interview happened in December, I think, 12th or 15th. Okay, so you're basically there, though, pretty much from the start. Uh, Yeah, pretty much from the uh, start. So how how did you find the position that Pat's, like, how did you know about it? How did you know this was something you wanted to try it to go for, I guess? See, as I say that when we came to Philadelphia, my most of the evenings I spent with my kids at the bottom. So I always wanted to get a job. On, on campus. On yes. campus. And though I knew it, I'm not a very qualified person mm. because working with such a smart kids, can I deal with it? Can I work with them? Mm. And the gap generation was there. I mean, it sounds almost like a case of imposter syndrome almost. Yeah. So, mm, my family, my friend uh, Valerie Cruz, mm-hmm. she called me, the GIC director, right. she called me and said, Kusum, there will be an opening for administrative assistant, you should apply. I said, Valerie, frankly speaking, I don't have any experience, but I love to get a job at that. And I also don't know how I can deal with this job. She said, so you have a lot of experience and just apply. I said, okay. 
my resume was not so good because I had an architecture experience and this is an administrator. But, but you, were, you were a teacher for however many no, years. But only experience I had because I worked in these organizations, I volunteered mm. in these organizations and I was doing all the work. I was familiar to computer yeah. and all that. So I applied for the job. Interview went very well. Mm. While doing the interview, few students stopped by. They knocked the door and they stopped. So it was a, it was a student interview or was no, it? No, it was uh, three students yelling. Okay. Patch director and Azam director, Roseanne Roche. Okay. So um, when while the interview was, was happening, there were knocks three, two or three times. Yeah. I don't know. It was a coincidence or I was very lucky. And the stu all the three students said, oh, you are Komal's mom mm. and you helped us a lot right. because they all went to Masterman and I was doing <laughs> volunteer work there and I helped those kids. Oh, wow. When they were in it Paris. all comes together. So yeah. Komal was at Penn that time. Oh, so she's already a, an, an undergrad at Penn. Yeah, okay. she was another graduate. So mm, then all the interview people, they started looking at me and they said, you know these students? I said, yes, I, I used to volunteer work at, at our school, Masterman, and this community is so small. They all go to power school, then they most of them, they go to Masterman. And uh, I said, I am a fast learner, I can learn fast. <laughs> and uh, then Rosen Roche, because when there was a meetings or any events mm -hmm. happened, I used to represent Associations of Indians in America. At like Pat's? No, or? outside Pat. This okay. is before the job. Okay. And Rosen used to represent Penn. Penn, okay. So I met Rosen Roshi twice. So she recognized me. That okay. was also a plus point. Okay. Because she saw it. I was doing a volunteer work. And then I, I don't know, then I got the job. I still think that my volunteer work helped it. I mean, it, it played just... a big role getting me this job. I mean, it just goes to show that everything you do kind of like leads up to like, yes. you know. Yeah, so that's why I say that my volunteer work. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, okay, so that you got the job. And so what was the early days of Pat's like, right? I, I imagine it's very different than it was what it is today. Different. So how you describe it, I guess. Okay. Paint a picture for us. Okay, so Pat's was created by students' effort. Yeah. Students were not happy that they were not in charge to make decision hmm. because they have to go through bad staff slash pen. Right. They want to have the control of everything because they had a dream. Oh, when this center will open, we will do one by students and all. Yes, that, yeah. we will do this financial aid. We will do this. We will do this. Hmm. But they had no. They did not realize it's a big university, and right. everything takes time and doesn't change overnight. I mean, that's like a reason why there's like so much bureaucracy and like yes. higher education in general that students just don't know about behind the scenes. Right? Yes, because I still remember those days when so many arguments happen mm. between staff and student. Staff cried, students cried. I still remember like two, three times that happened because students that time, because they are the one who started this. Right, they're so passionate about it. Yes. And they want to have the control, but a university like Penn, everything is well organized. It has it has a process. Right. You cannot go to somebody's office and say, "I want this." 
there's a process for right. it. It's almost like when you're building, like almost like architecture, right? Yeah. There's like a yeah. plan you have to yeah. follow. So I will say gradually things were getting improved. Every year we were getting new students mm -hmm. and old students were graduating. New students were happy. They have a home away home on campus mm -hmm. and there's a staff with whom they can share stories and their issues. Mm -hmm. Past staff and students started the leadership and mentoring program. Right, it's like Apali and Pierre. Yeah, so I will say that students and the Yanling Shak. Uh -huh. Yanling Shak was really, Batch is lucky to have her. She, because Penn is so big, she knew the resources. Mm -hmm. She used to invite students in her room mm -hmm. and tell them, no, this is the resource, you should go there. This is a scholarship, you should get it. She was very resourceful. We are very lucky to have her in the beginning. So I guess like, are there any specific stories, you know, aside from people arguing and fighting, any other like stories or memories, I guess, from like the early days? Um, students were very comfortable talking to me. I still remember the day that two students came to my office and told me, we want to tell you that we started dating and I started laughing. I said, God, I, in my mind, I was thinking, oh, why they are telling me? They said, no, you are the only one. You are the first one. We want to tell you. And I said, they are happily married. Oh. And they have two kids also. And I communicate with them regularly. Mm -hmm. They live outside the country. Yeah. And... Uh, they were because when I joined my job, I didn't know much stuff. Yeah. I, I called the Michelle Yuan is the one who really helped me. Mm -hmm. I called her in my office. Like she was the first uh, work study student, right? Yes. And I used to ask her, can you show me how to do it? I work. I went there on weekends, took my daughter with me. And I used to write it, how to use the Excel, how to yeah. use words. I mean, I knew it, there's a generation gap and this intellectual students. And I never had that kind of education, but I have to prove myself. Right. I can do it. So I was working very hard right. to do it. I brought the work at home to make the flyers. My husband helped me and next day I showed it to my director. Oh. So then she did some changes. I remember that incident and then I said, how oh, I will do it. Then I sent it to my husband. He corrected it and <laughs> it was a fun time yeah. also and it was a learning time also. Right. This is like flyers for like just like some event that Patrick's yeah, having. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alright, this is, this is so fun, like, it's just to hear, like, you know, imagining you, like, going home, like, almost like you have homework, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so, one question, I guess, you know, in the early days, you know, we kind of alluded to this, that, you know, obviously, Pats was led by students, and there was, like, the protests on campus, and obviously, everyone was very passionate about it. Over time, how do you think the student body at Penn has changed, or stayed the same, right, both in terms of, you know, we, talk, we talked before the interview about like Penn students, you know, they're still always stressed about everything and they always have so much pressure for like finding a job and whatever. Um, even today, I'm guessing that was the same back then, right? It was the same. Yeah, so, but in terms of like... But the uh, only ahead. difference I will tell you because that time I was struggling with my work also mm -hmm. and 
more i was doing more administrative work mm-hmm. i was not involved in many things like i never attended apsc meeting mm-hmm. i was not going to the events i was told that your job is only 10 to 5 yeah so you are not supposed to late stay late for meetings and stuff yeah like yeah and because it was a change for my family also because i for 10 years i was at home taking right. care of kids cooking food and suddenly i got the job and then i have to learn also do do it at home also but the meantime i was struggling oh i have to cook also i have yeah. to take care of my kids also how old were your kids at this time uh, so my son was in elementary school okay. my daughter fourth grade i think mm-hmm. my daughter was uh, older daughter was first year at pen when i got the job my younger daughter was uh, i think ninth grade okay so high school okay and then my son was not used to the babysitter so i was looking for someone in the community community yeah. who can take care of him he was not happy so it was a pretty hard days for me mm. also how about you know another thing what about the sense of asian american identity within students right because like Obviously when Penn started when Pat started there was you know a very strong sense like this is something we need as like a community or maybe maybe there wasn't I mean it was like a small group but then how has that sense of I'm an Asian American like changed over time in the past two decades So I will say that I joined Pat in January 2001 and mm-hmm. in January Azam because we were together Azam and Pat 2001 Azam hired Dr. Azuma mm-hmm. history professor and I think in 2002 or 3 they hired Joe Park mm-hmm. and then we had a new director um Ajay Nair yeah and Faria was also like she was completing her PhD but she was teaching a course mm-hmm. so all of them were uh, like especially the dr azuma and dr rosen roshi ajay nayar they ha- i still remember they had a meeting how to bring this community and how to advertise our courses mm-hmm. and all that and ajay was um, um very good mentor to students and he talked about asian american issues mm-hmm. yenling um, started apali Mm-hmm. leadership program and peer mentoring program gradually we were making progress and students stayed and students stated getting <clears throat> interest in asm courses because mm-hmm. you have to talk to them so they did the leadership program there they you also did a part yeah, right apology, yeah. yeah so you think like students now have like i guess more sense of being like asian american or so on or or definitely more? you can see more because uh, asm uab mm-hmm. helps a lot yeah. advertising about asm asm does mm-hmm. conferences which is mm-hmm. uh, eye opening and students attend those conferences right. food for thought is very successful mm-hmm. and they invite alumni right. and they I talk about yeah, yeah they talk about their experience at pen and pen students are pen current students are looking 
they always look forward to seeing alumni mm-hmm. and want to hear their experience. Right. I, and shout out to any alumni who do go back and call out to anyone who yeah. should come back and hasn't yeah. yet. Um, how did you get involved in like, you know, you, you said before that your job was like, you know, 10 to 5, not really getting involved with like the student groups. Now I know from my experience as APOC tri chair that you were, you're basically like, you know, yeah. the unofficial fourth tri chair of APOC and like helping organize them and everything. How did you get involved, like being more directly involved in like the student organization? So I'll say I always wanted to learn about different programs mm-hmm. in Patch and other centers. So it was very important for me to learn about their culture. So I started attending students' meetings mm-hmm. and programs started understanding and always thinking about how can I help them. But the at, uh, but at the back of my mind, I always had a generation gap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt shy. Yeah. <laughs> and I was always afraid, oh, if I say anything wrong, what these students yeah. will think about me. So I pushed myself mm-hmm. hard and started doing small talks with students. Right. Uh, it helped me a lot. If I did not understand anything, I called the student in my room mm-hmm. and I asked them questions and then they explained me. So I was gaining my confidence mm-hmm. and then I started getting involved. So I used to sit in APA meetings yeah. uh, because I am always interested right. in doing a new stuff. So one of our director left yeah. and our office coordinator was very busy. Mm-hmm. So the, this responsibility came on to me. Just by happenstance and then you got... It, it just happened. Because I did, uh, I didn't have any difficulty because I did the event planning right. in the past. Uh, but it was challenging for me mm. to working with such a smart. Mm. Well, from my experience, you did an amazing job. I know all the other APOD writers I've talked to have been like had nothing but rave reviews for working with you. You're you're honestly one of the best parts of work of being on APOD right here. Um, Thank you. So okay, and then you know how has Pat's impacted your life, and and more specifically, I guess like how did it affect your sense of being you know an you know being Asian, I guess Asian American and an Indian American, right? Because you know I know. When I'm in back in the Philippines, right? Like maybe the sense of being Filipino isn't the thing, because like you know Filipinos are the majority, but being Filipino American here in the states is you know different than being in, back in the Philippines. So how did? And obviously, I'm guessing when you moved here from Kuwait, right, that you were Indian American, you became like the other, right? So how did Pat's I guess help you with that understanding over time? So I'll start with this. Started out uh, pen very quiet yeah. and shy, yeah. unsure how I could be part of patch uh, and pen community to make an impact here. I will say all of you have taught me to step out of my comfort zone and find strength in the community. We created yeah. together. Um, we all are, in, we all is, are inspirational yeah. to each other. It excites me so much when students get together to hold events, conferences, and mm-hmm. I still remember when we were having a Ikasu conference. Yeah. It looks like the wedding was happening there. Yeah. Everyone was so happy, everyone knew their role, what, who is mm-hmm. what thing, and it was a very successful mm-hmm. conference. Um, mm-hmm. The same like any patch anniversary is 5th, 10th, 15th, we all work together. and. Mm-hmm. 
each anniversary we have we made it tremendous mm. so you talk to me about the asian so i will say growing up in india yeah. in my house we never talked about uh, mm -hmm. asian issues right and you 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 were indian and like yeah. you're in indian it's just, like, just just issues right? yeah just issues so this is because we were all belong because all belong to the same region mm -hmm. yeah. and culture mm -hmm. Lived ten years in Kuwait. There, I started no noticing that people feel comfortable mm -hmm. in their own community, and locals don't mix yeah. up with them. So, in U.S. Philadelphia, there is a diverse community, but I still think people feel comfortable mm -hmm. in their own community because I also saw it. And like, if you are f from CSA, you will go and yeah. join the CSA. Yeah. Chinese, you will go and join the CSA, CSA and, right. PPA. and PPA and yeah. all that. There is something you feel so comfortable in yeah. your community. You can talk your own language. You like you don't have to do the work of explaining what it is, right? Yes, yeah. So um, I wanted to learn more about the Asian American history mm -hmm. because while growing up, I didn't, didn't that, study yeah. Asian American. So what I did, someone told. My husband is very interested in these things. He's, and I talked to Valerie also. He said there are documentaries on Zuba, Zuba city, yeah. how the Sikh came to India, okay. South India. So Sikh community came yeah. here. So what difficulties they felt. So I saw those, there were mm -hmm. six tapes and I saw those documentaries. And that was eye opening, like our community people mm -hmm. then I also saw the Japanese internment yeah. camp documentaries yeah yeah and you want to pass quick so you can yes. right <laughs> so uh, it, it was very eye-opening that uh, during uh, World War Two World yeah. War Two during war government changed their attitude yeah. towards their citizen when learn about when I learn about that it was yeah. shocking me. Because I didn't know about mm. I heard but never saw right. and you anything. Wouldn't, and you wouldn't have like even learned known about this had like not come up through like Pat's kids, right? Yes, okay. yes. Yeah. So those kind of things okay. I started. But to be frankly speaking, we never talk in our house mm -hmm. about these issues because Everyone is different. Yeah. I don't want to pressure my family. Right. Let's talk about these issues. It's like a personal thing, right? It's, it's a personal thing. But while staying at Batch, I learn a lot mm -hmm. about these issues. Okay. Because every family is different and I don't want to pressure. Right, right, of course. Pressure to my family or you have to talk. Right, it. right. Um, what are some of the behind the scenes things that Penn students may not know goes on at Pats? I'm not asking for like any dirty secrets or anything. Just kind of like no, stuff that like maybe they yeah, take for granted. Lots like, of administrative work. Yeah. Which students don't know. Lots of budget budget stuff yeah. because we start planning the budget and we we make sure we stay in our budget. How far in advance of like an event or programs are you like budgeting stuff already? One year. Wow, a year. Yeah, so yeah. See, our fiscal year starts in July. Mm -hmm. In July, we make sure. APA will get this much money. 
APSC will get this much money, right. and then we keep a track. So okay. like, so like, okay, so this is 2019 when we're recording this. So July 2019, they'll have the APOP budget for 2020 already. Yes, 2020. Wow. Yeah, yeah, APA and patch overall budget mm. also. Okay. Wow. That that. So students, if you listen to this, plan ahead. Yes. Yeah. And um, and we are also like talking about how we can we can create this space so that students feel feel comfortable space. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we want we always take students' input. It's not like everything staff is just decided. Right. I mean, it, it, because students' input is very important. Yeah, this path started by the students. Yeah. Right? So yeah. continue with yeah. that. And it's, they are young, they have new ideas. Mm -hmm. So Pat has to like grow to like yeah. adapt to those ideas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So speaking of that, you know, Pat has been through a lot of changes over time, right? Like I remember when I first came, we were on the first floor of the arts building. And then like halfway through, we were temporarily in Houston Hall. Now we're in like the basement of the arts building in like a bigger space. Um, and you know, there have been, you mentioned a lot of staff changes, different directors, different associate directors, um, but you've kind of been like that constant throughout. So this is why we're kind of sad that you're leaving. Um, what has that been like though, seeing all these changes and like, what is, you know, what, what are, what, are, what, are, how has going through those, those changes and experiences been like? And then what are some other things that have stayed constant throughout, you know, that time? So each director brought their specific talent mm -hmm. and experience and enhancing the previous director objectives mm -hmm. and added new programs. Like when Canon was there, the Apali and... Uh, right. Building stuff from the ground up. Yeah, yeah, she did that work. But when Ajay came, she started building on that stuff. And also, because when that time until now, South Asian students think that patch is only for East Asian mm. students. So when Ajay came, he started meeting with South Asian students and we had a lot of South Asian population. Right. So he worked very hard on them and he built the advisory board. Mm. So when June came, he she continued on that work right. and she started the um, Catapult, which was the retreat program for the students groups under APSC. Okay. And so every director started some new program. Right. Uh, Peter came, he stopped. We have like now 16 or 17 mm. a lot And a lot more like graduate student more, focus. Yeah, graduate students and then 7, 8 and... Um, Spice Collective. Yeah, okay. so every director brings their mm -hmm. new ideas. And then what about it's like... It's an amazing experience working with each time. Yeah. And what about the, you know, going from different spaces, right? Because Pats is, you know... Yeah. I, I, I like the saying that Pats isn't really like the space, it's like the people who make up the space, right? But how is, what were the challenges and yeah. like going through the different spaces? So we were in the arts building on first floor mm -hmm. and uh, staff had their own room and it was a small lounge because yeah. from my room I can see everyone. <laughs> Right. And one computer room, but during the arch during the arch right. renovation, we moved to one room. Right, I remember that. You remember that, which was shared by staff and students. It was one open space. I, I wouldn't call it open. It was very small and enclosed. Small, okay, small, <laughs> small space shared by everyone, and relationship and interaction between staff and students were very cordial. Mm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was no privacy. We have staff has to go out 
to have staff meeting right. find a room it's a new location we had bigger space mm-hmm. with separate rooms right it's formal more couches formal environment and uh, definitely more couches uh, separate lounge for students mm-hmm. where they can meet they can study and then we have a second lounge also which mm-hmm. is called our work study room mm-hmm. copy room and a small meeting room but i wanted to be part of student uh, interaction mm-hmm. that's why i took the open space right that i enjoyed it yeah you and can still see the whole yeah, the whole and room. i want to see who is coming and because i like to greet everyone mm-hmm. and want to make sure whoever comes to our center that person should be greeted and welcome and we are very central one thing i will say we are very centrally located students can come right. in between the classes oh come in my case during my classes when i sort of been in class but yeah. whatever yeah so they can have their meetings and they can discuss mm-hmm. yeah what has it been like you know you you have three kids of your own you know biologically but you know people would say you have hundreds if not thousands of students you know who consider you like the second mom i i know i definitely do um so how like you know you say you stay in touch with them on facebook and stuff but you know What's it been like being like the surrogate mother for so many people in their home away from home? So, I don't know when I got that title. <laughs> I really don't know who started You're this. You're stuck with I, it though. I'm stuck with it. I think Vishal Yuan is the one who mm-hmm. gave me that title. Um, so, there's a story behind it. When my younger daughter got into pan see every child is different right. in their family my older daughter was okay i'll get 3.6 or 7 gpa but i will enjoy my life mm-hmm. my younger daughter was i have to have a like a 4.0 uh, gpa dean's list mm-hmm. i have to get 4.0 and she got it except one semester and she came to me i was sitting in my room my younger daughter came to me and her face was very small i said what happened she said i got minus c in my paper and it is for your khans class i said this is the first paper she gave you minus c so that you can improve it it means you mm-hmm. you must have written something wrong your writing is not good mm-hmm. or something and you should improve it and you will definitely because there are three two more times you have to write it yeah. definitely you will get it and she said okay so then i thought when there is any difficulty she is coming to me and talking to me mm-hmm. i said these students who are sitting outside their parents are so far away they have no one to talk right then that day i decided I have to come out from my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Though my English is not good, sometimes they don't understand me what I'm saying. I have to go and talk to them. So I started. I went out. And you so that passionate. was the incident gave me inspiration. So was it like been seeing like obviously like kids grow up, yeah. you know, graduate, how like I guess like it's it must have been I guess almost 20 graduations then, you know, of of kids worth going through. seeing them get engaged, get married, have kids, come yeah. back. What's that been like, you know? I mean, 
stand i haven't miss any graduation i always go and stand on locust walk and mm-hmm. watch the procession right. it's very emotional very sad mm-hmm. that the another class is graduating yeah but i'm happy also that they are going to the real world mm-hmm. and this is the four these four years were very important for them they learned so much they had a good time they had a bad time because pen is pen pace is very fast and academic is also hard but they spent four good years and they have to move on in life and i'm so happy for them that mm. they are graduate and then when they come back it's always great it, it? it is always good to see okay well <laughs> hopefully people will continue to come back to visit even even if you're no longer at pat um yeah. okay so you know what do you think obviously you know your husband you know went to pan and your kids went to pan and you here at pat but how do you think pan has impacted you and your family's lives you know in like a on a higher level i guess if if there's a way to say that um so i i always say i'm very proud pan alumni wife and alumni of two two daughters pan prepares them for the real Mm-hmm. real life working at patch pen makes me feel young again i have started identifying with the needs and the lifestyle of the upcoming generation because like your mom or yeah. some other kids i talk to them and they say kusum how did you learn this i wish my mother some of them really told me i wish my mother can do this i said you are the one who taught me and my friends especially yeah. valerie yeah, i mean like and facebook was yeah i like, changed like social media was the thing when yeah. you started that time no, there was no tv no camera no google <laughs> no we all google yeah. everything so you have an iphone now no i have an iphone and <laughs> i use it um yeah we didn't had a phone when we were growing up we had one phone in our neighborhood and they used to call us oh there's a call for you it was like few blocks away then we used to go and pick up the phone so so i want to say that days months and year will pass i will see all the pictures of students and alumni and say to myself that i had the best days Mm-hmm. of my life working with all of you mm-hmm. really and thank you and i appreciate all the work i did mm-hmm. with you guys your like it's hard to distill down like 18 and a half years to like you know a, a brief statement but like what do you think your impact on legacy has been here at pat like what will what will you have left behind you know at the end of it all looking back i have to think about this question i cannot answer right now <laughs> Maybe you say something and I can answer. Yeah, I mean, like for me, if I were to think about it, like you're you've been like the institutional knowledge for Pats, right? That's like right. you've been here longer than anyone. But even without that, you still have left something behind, right? Like my legacy. I mean, yeah, that's kind of like what I'm asking. Like, what would your legacy be at Penn? It's almost like, I guess, by being at Pats for so long, I'd say that you 
you've almost shaped what the ethos of Pats is, right? Like the spirit of Pats of of the community coming together. I mean, like this whole interview, you know, you were talking about how you were, you know, an architecture, you know, teacher, and then you open up the students, and that has carried through throughout. And then, like, you're when you were in Kuwait and you were leaving, and then here in the states, like, you had community coming around you to help you, and you helped your community back, and you kind of brought that to Pats too, and made sure that. You know the students' voices were always heard, and you wanted to get involved with the community, and that's something I think that is going to be expected of you know just the Pat's community in general. I think. I it's a hard question for me. <laughs> that's fine. Um, right. But I always um, tell student one thing. I want to let you know: we should always look to people who get only one meal a day. Mm. Don't look it up who has so much money and uh, living comfortable life. Mm. That my father taught me. Mm. And to my kids also I say the same thing. Because if you see rich people, oh, then you say, oh, I also want this, I want this. But Yeah, I think we would done. I think we would, that was a good answer for the legacy question, though. Like what you left behind. Um, okay, so then you know, quick, quick stuff. You know, even though like everyone thinks of you like, oh, because some is Pat's mom and her like life is wrong. Like it's kind of like the weird thing, like where as a kid, you know, it's kind of like weird to think about your teachers outside of school. But what is the custom outside of work and Pat's like, right? Like, you know, is there anything else you're involved in? Are you still involved in like the community organizations you were involved with before Pat's or or what? So, outside of work, mm -hmm. take care of my family. Of course. Make sure they're happy mm -hmm. and they, they're doing well. But this generation is different. Yeah. What they want to do, they do that. Right. Sometimes they take our advice, but sometimes they say no. This is my life, I want to do, or I want to live the I want to live, and I respect that. I feel like this podcast is turning like a half-parenting advice podcast right now, <laughs> this episode. <laughs> so it's totally like uh -huh. different generation, and uh, I like making pots mm. that because anything you make with your hands, right. um, um, take uh, out your stress. I remember when you were at Pat, you would take classes at the yeah. at the fine arts department for yes. pottery. Do you still yes. take do you still take those no, classes? No, they cancel oh, the pottery no. studio. Oh, there no. are no more pottery, but uh, I go to the clay studio. Oh, do you go to another studio? Outside? Yeah, okay. I go to the clay studio because if I don't make pots, I will get more stress mm -hmm. because I have to go out of the house. Right. And this is the way. and when I see the result right. of doing the pots and glazing that gives me a satisfaction. I don't make it to sell it, mm -hmm. I just keep it here or give, us give it to mm -hmm. students or mm -hmm. give it to friends. And mm -hmm. Because I don't make much, but whatever I make, I'm very proud of that. Okay. And, uh, anything else? Any other hobbies or anything? So I do ju jewelry also. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. I used to make jewelry. I did. Um, I started with the bead jewelry, but then I took some University of Art and make some jewelry, okay. silver jewelry making. Also. Oh wow. So, but I don't do it now, but I want to start okay. it again. Well, you can do it during retirement, I guess, you have time. Yeah. And uh, I am doing volunteer work at the um, 
Philadelphia Asian Film Festival. Oh, the film festival. I started yeah. last year right. and this year also. I actually interviewed Franklin Sen, uh, yeah. who helped start it. They, they are yeah. the one who helped start it. Yeah, so yeah. that's cool. Um, yeah. All right, so quick rapid fire questions, which like, don't think too much about these. Just give me the first thing that comes to your head. All right. So what's something that's making you happy right now? Spending more time with my family. All right. Um, <laughs> and grandkids. All right. Oh, how many grandkids do you? I actually saw you recently. You you recently became a grandmother, actually. Yeah, yeah. One. One. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Well, congratulations. My she, she's the one who came, right? Okay. Now. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. There are two kinds of pen alumni. Always oh, last students. Blank and blank. Fill in the blanks. So. There are not two kinds. There are many kinds of pen. But if you were to categorize them into just two groups, if you had to, how would you do it? So one are very passionate okay. about their work. Other one ha has lots of social pressure okay. and consumer culture. Okay. Um, what advice do you have for students coming to Penn? Um, maybe they just got accepted and you know they're researching paths or whatever and they come across this podcast. What advice do you have for them? So Penn student, I will say this is the important four year of your life mm -hmm. and uh, and the beginning of the yeah. um, wonderful life you will you have it in your future. Just enjoy it, don't get stressed out and believe in yourself. Okay. Um, how can alumni get involved in the APA community? I know a lot of alumni have I've talked to you have said like, yeah, it's going to be like hard to get involved in, you know, the APA community at Penn because Customs no longer going to be there. But what would you say no, to those no, they alumni? They should not be saying that. I think they should come to Patch and welcome the new staff member. Mm -hmm. And uh, they can become great mentor. Mm -hmm. They can do donate. But when they donate, they have to be specific for which program mm -hmm. they are. Right, Patch has a specific person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, connect with, uh, I will say they should connect with uh, Figley students, first generation low income. Okay. They really need help. Okay. Um, and then finally, what is the question, this you know, hour and a half long interview we've had, what's a question that I did not ask you that you wish I had asked you? About my retirement. <laughs> All right, Kusum, tell us about your retirement plans. What do you have planned coming up? So I was thinking to retire from last five years okay. or three years, but it was really very hard decision for mm -hmm. me because I loved my job. Right. That was because of student. Every day I started looking forward to going to patch. Mm -hmm. I didn't want it to miss any events. Yeah, for me it was a learning experience also. But Suddenly, I realized things were not as it used to be. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to stress in my life, so I decided to and be happy. Mm -hmm. I'm a very happy person, and because I think the life is short, and we should times, be happy the, the, and the times and, the times right. Yeah, it's the right. Okay. Um, actually, I just realized another question I want to ask, which I'll ask anyway. Um, what are you going to miss most, I guess? about What are you going to miss most about your time at PATH? Ah, students, alumni. Mm. I'll tell you the secret. When, whenever any alumni came to campus, they uh -huh. always emailed me beforehand. Kusum, mm. we are coming on this date. Want to make sure you are in PATH. So I replied to them, yes, I But I made sure that day when alumni is coming, I should dress up very nicely. Yeah. 
because when alumni comes they just because they are working yeah, for like interviews interviews and all that so i should be well presented and be happy in mm. front of well, thank you, Kasim. Before we wrap up, uh, are there any shout-outs you want to give? You know, staff members, alumni, students, family, anyone. Um, just the floor is yours, I guess. Um, I think all of them played a mm. big role in my family, and I want to give to mm. shout-outs. Anyone specific? To, to no, all the students and my friend Valerie D. Cruz mm. and Michelle Yuan. All right. And Mike Mariano and you. Oh, thank you, Kristen. <laughs> um, and I'm sure you know all everyone who has passed through Patches Doors and gotten to know you would like to give a shout, shout out and congratulations. Thank you. Back to you and thank, thank and a thank you, you know, yeah. for all your and years. I seriously, I'm saying I'm very lucky that I got a chance to work with all of you. That was one of the dream, and dream came true. <laughs> and we're lucky that we got to have you, custom. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, is there any way people can get in touch with you, or um, I can, you know? Yeah, uh, they can message me. Facebook, if Facebook message. message if they have my email address. Okay, yeah. sounds good. I'm guessing you're not big on the Twitters or or no. Instagrams. <laughs> no, I have Instagram. I don't post any pictures, but I will start posting. Okay, cool. After what, my retirement. Where, where, if people want to follow you, where should they give you a follow on Instagram? I think it's Kusum Soin. I don't think. All right, I will. I will find your Instagram and yeah. then I will post it in the show notes so people yeah. can follow your retirement adventures. Yes, that I will start posting. That. Thank you, Kasim, for everything, for this interview, for the last, for my time at Penn with you, and for the time after Penn when I've come back, and for your 18 years of service and you know everything. So good luck with everything in the future, and we'll be sure to keep in touch. And thank you very much, and I, I good luck, everyone. All right, thank you, Kasim. And that's a wrap. Thanks again to our guests for coming on the show and taking time out of the schedule to share their story and their wisdom. And thanks to you for listening. The show wouldn't be here without your support. Uh, you can subscribe and look at the show notes for the show, including the contact information for our guests at iTunes, the Google Play Store, or upenpodcast.podbean.com. Thanks again to Fortissimo for our, for our intro and outro music. You can follow him on SoundCloud and Facebook. Editing and production was provided by Ninsboy Media. Special thanks to the Pan Asian American Community House and Alumni Relations. A quick reminder, the views and opinions expressed on this show are those of those appearing on the podcast alone and do not reflect those of the University of Pennsylvania. If you have any questions or feedback, please follow up with us at upanpodcast at gmail.com or other Facebook page. Till next time, this is your host, Paul Bautista, signing off. Remember, keep it funky, folks. Bye.